podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The tenth time they've made it! They've won a playoff campaign! And they've done it at Wembley! And for the first time in 74 years, Brentford will play in the top flight of English football! And he puts it in! Sergi Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elim Road podcast. Uh, after a short break away, we're back with a new episode. And we're going to briefly go over Bournemouth, answer some questions from Twitter and the GPG, and also look ahead to a trip to Newcastle this Saturday. Uh, just before we get going, remember, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please leave a rating on our YouTube and Spotify channels. Follow us on our social media accounts. Um, that's at the Elim Road on Twitter and at Elim Road Pod on Instagram. And also share the pod around with your mates. Uh, we are still looking to boost our boost our listenership at the moment, and uh, with a few more Twitter spats like the one I had in midweek with uh, a few Fulham fans, <laughs> hopefully we're on our way on our way to doing that. Uh, joining me and today, John for... Terry as well. Eh? That was interesting, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> I know. You know, I had no idea. So I I was I was in Spain at the time, and not and I, I saw that the impressions on that tweet had like something stupid like a hundred thousand or whatever, and I didn't even clock that John Terry had replied. It was only when Niall told me. He was like, yeah, why the hell is John Terry getting involved? So I had a look and I was like, fuck Thanks, John up. Terry. That's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, give us a follow. Exactly. Now. That's what yeah. You're do, mate. That's yeah, what you're got, do. got a few followers off the back of that. So, yeah, remember to share it around with your mates, guys. Uh, joining me today, you might have heard, is uh, Callum. Callum, um, all good, mate? All good on this all evening? All good. How you doing, buddy? You're right. Yeah, perfect. Let's just uh, let's just get down to it because a lot has happened since the last time we recorded. Uh, I thought we'd go through Bournemouth, answer a few questions, and obviously get to Newcastle. Um, we'll keep the talk about Bournemouth relatively brief, as it was quite a while ago. Now, Callum, um, main takeaways from that game, apart from apart from the poor finishing on display. Yes. <laughs> well, yes, uh, I think obviously Shada getting his first goal. Um... For, 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 oh no, was it his first goal? It was first goal. Yeah, first goal. Yes, first goal. Yeah. So I mean, uh, it's fantastic for him. I think you know to go and finally score that goal uh, for, for for us. And I've said this before on the podcast. He's only going to kick on. I think now. You know, he's had he's had opportunities. Um, obviously, uh, going on from there. And I think I think he'll he'll do well going forward from now. So it's 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 a good positive for him. Uh, other other good performances, um, I think uh, you know the most notably, I think Jensen as well. I think did very well. Um, you know, he scored another good goal, eventually given obviously by VAR, which was a bit interesting after taking such a while to to be given. But look, it was there was a few there was a lot of negatives in there, but there were some good positives in there as well. Good to score a couple more goals and uh, obviously get a late goal from Embuemo, which was good as well. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. like three, but we've we've got something which is good. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, Shard Shard got his first goal against Palace. Um, oh, sorry, not, Palace. Not yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. he had yeah. uh, he, he was really he was really unlucky to um to hit the post. It was actually a really good save. I remember in uh, watching it back. Neto makes a really good save, kind of tips it onto the post. Are we in the territory of starting to expect more from him? Because obviously he was he was quality against Palace, really good against Bournemouth, and like I said, unlucky to not get a goal with that with that effort in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we, we, can we expect more from him now to kick on? Uh, don't see a reason why not. I mean, it's uh, you know he's having these opportunities now, and he's getting himself into these positions, which probably necessary not necessarily he was doing, you know, yeah. beforehand. Uh, he was on a bit of a low, I think. Obviously, he has this high price tag of twenty three million pounds, you know, for for a player. Uh, to come in, uh, it's obviously there's a lot of pressure on him to to, to do well, and uh, you know he he obviously hasn't scored as many as I don't think he would have liked. 
But yeah. he's getting himself into these positions now, and I think he's only going to go and kick on, score some more goals, and, and do well for us. Yeah, let's hope so. We we had a a few questions on on Twitter and the GPG about Nathan Collins' omission from the starting eleven in place of Ben Mee. Harsh, Callum, considering how good he'd been at the start of the season. Absolutely, I said in I said in the last podcast we did. I feel it would be incredibly harsh to to drop Collins. I feel. You know, the performance, particularly at Fulham, where he looked so confident, you know, as I touched upon in that in that episode following that as well, that, you know, to go to Fulham and win 3-0 was a big statement. And he didn't look troubled at all. He didn't look troubled. He looked composed. He's fitted in very nicely into that back line. So, to, of course, it was a big shock for me to see, to, to see him get dropped. I, I, and especially since we haven't lost so far this season either before... Uh, you know, obviously before Ben Mee came in, I, I was I was surprised. I was very surprised when that team sheet came out. But you know, obviously Ben Mee's done a lot for us, so it, it's a difficult one. But I feel for what he's done for the club so far this season, he shouldn't have been dropped. But you know, it's not the manager's call at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, I, I I hate to sort of go into hypotheticals, but I would have thought that Nathan Collins would have been a better place to deal with Solanke's first goal. Because the only thing that, and like you said, Ben Mee's done so many good things for us over the last year, mm. but the only the only department where he does lack is his pace. And he kind of lets, and, and to be fair, to be fair to Dominic Solanke, he, I think he's a bloody good striker in the Premier League. He's come mm. on leaps and bounds in the last couple of years. Um, I think so. he's got double digits last season, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But yeah, he kind of just... Kind of just weaves in and out, gets Ben Me flat footed and goes through his legs. But maybe maybe Collins would have been a better place. But it's mm. easy to say that with hindsight. I think um, mm. that Bournemouth second goal just just goes to show how the difference between the Premier League and the Championship. Mm. When mm. even against teams like Bournemouth, who with no just I say teams like Bournemouth, <laughs> we always get we always get teams like Brentford being thrown around. But against teams like Bournemouth, who who we would like to beat at home, especially mm. if we want to. You know, solidify our place in in mid table. We'd like to beat those kind of teams at home. You do get punished for those kind of errors. Um, Very much so. Word on word on Rico. I lost out in the lost out in the England call up, and then yeah, you know, I think it's frustrating. I I don't really know what else he can do as a as a player to get into the team. I mean, Southgate has been down. I think at least once this season to the GTEC. So I'd love to know really what he's watching. Uh, has he just come for a bit of a joy? Like, he's, you know, it's I, like, what is he watching? Uh, you know, you've got a player there who's, who's put himself in into, uh, you know, the Premier League and has, and has fitted in ever since we've got promoted. And he's been one of our most, most notable players. He doesn't get talked about as much as he should do. This is the frustrating thing. I don't think he does. Uh, by pundits from Match of the Day, Sky, etc. Um, so you know, I, I'm I'm frustrated for him because how much more realistically can he do to get in that England team? Yes, he made a mistake on on that game the other week, and you know he will he 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 will be hating the fact what he did that because he put in such a good shift again on on that Saturday game. Um, but he'll want to kick on. He'll want to make up for that mistake, and I'm sure I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I mean Trippier started at left back last night against Scotland, mm. and and uh, this is the thing. I think at left back it is difficult because you've got you've got Ben Chilwell, Luke Shaw, and Kieran Trippier, three very different players, and Rico Henry's completely different to all three of them. I'd say mm. uh, maybe Trippier's a bit more comfortable on the ball than Rico Henry, but still, I mean, I'd still try and favour a left-footed left back on the left side of defence rather than playing playing Trippier on his wrong foot. 
Um, we'll get we'll onto Brian's uh, equaliser for the goal. Maybe we will talk a little bit about England because I know you're a big England fan. Um, <laughs> a few talking points from last night's game yep, and the and the one one draw against Ukraine. No, we'll, we'll do that after this. But um, Brian getting the equaliser late on, making amends for that absolute sitter in the second in the start of the first half. I do not. Well, I know how he missed that because he's Brian and Boom and he misses five <laughs> or six of those every season. But um, he scored last night for Cameroon as well, which means they've yep. qualified for Afcon in January. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. big of a miss is he going to be uh, in January? Massively. I mean, you look at uh, what he offers, obviously, on the pitch and with his obviously penalty taking in Tony's absence. You know, he he is a player that, although he misses a lot of opportunities, as you touch upon, he is a big, big, big miss for us. Big, big miss. And, you know, it, it, yes, it gives people an opportunity to come in who hasn't maybe haven't had the opportunity like King Lewis Potter, for example. But he's a big miss. And you look at that composed finish against Bournemouth and you say, you know, we're going to miss that. We are seriously going to miss that. And mm-hmm. I hope, you know, I hope he doesn't get injured. That's that's my thing here where I'm like, you know, he's going off to play all these games possibly at the AFCOM. And uh, obviously it's a lot. It's a lot involved, the travel, everything like that, that. You know, it's going to be a lot on him. So I hope he doesn't get injured from this, but he's going to be a big, big miss, big, big miss. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a strange one because obviously Tony comes back in January as well. Mm. Um, it's not going to be kind of a like for like swap because they're two completely different players. But mm. it's it's difficult to see how we're going to be shaping up, especially with the addition of Neil Mope, which we'll get onto. Mm. Uh, well, we can get onto that now. Neil Neil Mope back at Brentford. Um, it's such a weird kind of turn of events. First of all, we go for Gonzalez, then we then Fabrizio reports that we've had a bit accepted for Bakayoko from PSV. Mm. Look like we might be in for Etiquite from PSG. Obviously, these names are just baffling as well, by the way. And then out yeah, of nowhere, yeah. a tweet comes through from Fabrizio saying we've agreed to re-sign Neil Mopé. I mean, I, I could not contain my excitement. Honestly, I know he's been pretty garbage for the last two seasons, and I'm sure Everton and Brighton fans will tell you the exact same thing. But when I saw that tweet, I just thought, oh, I was just, I, could, I really couldn't believe it. What was your reaction? I was shocked as well because I actually had a friend that was at work typically who messaged me and said, "Oh, you're going in for more pay," and I thought it was one of these, you know, one of these jokes. But because it just came from nowhere, usually you have some kind of build-up where some obviously media outlet, you know, particularly Sky, likes to talk about yeah. rumours in particular. But the fact it was one of these that snuck in and no one reported it beforehand. It was quite, it was quite different. I, it was quite exciting actually, to be honest with you. Um, but it's great. I think it's great. You've got a, a fan's favourite back at the club who, you know, he said in his interview with Sky Sports on, on, on deadline day, he's back home. Like, he loves this club. We made him in England, basically. So, for him, great to come back. I mean, people will look. I had this lengthy discussion the day after against Bournemouth with someone on the train. And I said, how can you look at how he played at Everton when practically the whole club was falling apart. Like yeah. they have, there's there's nothing going on at Everton at the moment. They're in a complete free fall. Look at what he did at Brighton. I, I look when we went there a few seasons ago, I think it was on Boxing Day or something like that. He scored an absolute screamer against us. He mm-hmm. did a, he did a very good job at Brighton and he did a very good job for us as well. So we need to look at that. We can see what, and he, that's where he's fitted into a team who's doing well, who's thriving Everton, we shouldn't be looking at what he did there because realistically, it's a team in free fall, and the club have probably seen that as well. We've got him on a a good price as well. I imagine, obviously, his contract was up soon. Um, obviously, loan to the end of the season, and then see what happens. 
Um, but it's a big, it's a big, big club. It's a big, big signing for the club, and I'm going to see him doing well. I can see him doing well. He's going to do well for the club. So we need another Leeds Leeds United celebration. It needs to happen. So glad to have him back. Yeah, no, especially if we can get him back to that kind of form that he showed in the Championship. I was having a look at his kind of highlights reel from that season. Were those well, that, that season where he got plus 20 goals and some of the goals that you've scored, I'm thinking about the Villa game, a few a few here and there against, I think there was one against Millwall where he kind of like loops over a header. The the Villa Villa at home and Villa away, just some yeah. of the goals that he scored were immense. So if we can get him back to that kind of form, it's just it's, it's so difficult though because when Tony comes back in, it's just like, I, f- I feel like we're going to move into a position where the whole kind of structure of that front line changes. If we want to have, mm. well, we won't have Mbuma in January, but we're going to have Wissa, Sharda, Mope and Tony and mm. King Lewis Potter. Mm. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it pans out. We'll um we'll, we'll wrap that chat up about Bournemouth for now, and obviously Neil Mope coming back, yeah. um, which I'm I still I still I still can't really believe if he, if he starts against Newcastle or comes on against Newcastle, it would just be, be great. fever dream, fever dream stuff. But we'll, let's t- t- chat a little about England. Callum Callum's England home and away. Um, mm. Takeaways from Ukraine first, and then obviously we'll, we'll move on to the to the result against Scotland last night. Mm. Bit of a different, mm. bit of a different segment to the podcast, but we'll, we'll go for it. Why not? Yeah, why not? I mean, listen. I mean, there's a lot of uh, obviously it's an exciting few months ahead now before the build up to the to the Euros next year um, in Germany. So the, the, obviously Southgate, you know, he hasn't changed the team around too much. So it, it's interesting to see what he'll do. Obviously, there's been a lot of you know, a lot of discussion about the teams he's, the, the, the players he's put in the team. Obviously, like McGuire, Phillips, who haven't played for, for, you know, for their club. Should they really play for their country? I mean, it's a difficult one because you know they have offered something in the past. You know, again, Man United are in free fall at the moment, and mm-hmm. you know McGuire is in that team at the moment. I think he should have left. Um, I think it's a, you know, it would have been a big, big, big thing for him. Phillips, you know, I think maybe you should have left City as well. But I think England, look, they they didn't do the best. They didn't play the best on 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 Saturday. Um, they got they got lucky, I think, in a very, I'd say, a hostile atmosphere. Like you know, the, the you know the Ukrainians who were in in Poland, they they wanted they wanted to go and get that win. You know, mm-hmm. they can still, I think, just about qualify for for the Euros as well. They're fighting in and around with Italy as well, so it was big, big for them. As for last night, I mean, well, that was the big one. I know it was only a friendly, but realistically, we didn't want to lose to Scotland. No. Uh, yeah, we wouldn't want to lose to Scotland. We wouldn't hear the last of it. And it was a very, it was a very good performance from the team. You know, yeah. it's got, you know, we did very well. We controlled the ball in lots of parts of the game. Uh, you know, Scotland came back into it as well, and you know, we we put we we put away a late goal as well with with Harry Kane. I must touch upon Hickey. I thought he did very well. He, he yeah. lasted practically the whole game before being substituted. I think in the 85th minute, something like that. So he did very well. So it was good to see him get out and put in a good performance. But it'll be interesting to see what goes on in the next few months on the lead up to the Euros with England and what. Southgate's position will be as well whether he stays after that or not who knows but we'll wait and see I think we're now at a point and I don't want to get into a sense of entitlement because I know that word is banded around when it comes to England and and we have to win something but I genuinely think with this current crop of players it it is all or nothing now Um, Mm. I think it's and it sounds entitled but with, with with Bellingham with Foden with these kinds of players in our team with Harry Kane in his prime 
still scoring goals. We've got so much talent up top and we have so much talent defensively as well. And that's the one thing about Southgate that I really don't get. And I feel I've started to feel sorry for Harry Maguire because I don't think he's to blame. I think South I don't I don't I don't see a world where Southgate can pick him when he's played a few minutes here and there for United this season. Mm-hmm. And he throws him on in a big game against Scotland. He gets jeered as soon as he comes on because because Southgate's called him up. Southgate holds as much as the blame for all the criticism he's getting. And he comes out in the press conference and says all the criticism he's getting is a joke. It's just like mm. you've caused that criticism by by playing him. Yeah. Just give him give him a break, especially with the with the wealth of defenders we've got coming through. Lewis Dunk was superb last night. I thought Mark Gurhey's been really good. So, yeah, I think I think Southgate causes a lot of the problems, and and it is difficult being the English manager. Obviously, you're never going to be a good English manager in the eyes of everyone. We've all got our different elevens. But I just think sometimes with, with, with people like Henderson, I know Henderson's been good for England in the past. Henderson, I don't think should be in the squad just because of the quality of the league that he's in and that awful athletic interview that he did a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you read, right. I don't know if you read any of that. Calvin yeah, Phillips yeah. has, Calvin Phillips has played as started as many games for England in, since he joined Man City as he has for Man City, which is just incredible. Yeah. Although Calvin Phillips was very good last night, but I just, I think the Maguire thing, it just really, it really annoyed me because as soon as he scored that own goal last night, I just, you know what's going to happen. He's going to be, mm. he's going to be mocked all over mm. social media. Very Even the Scot- so. Scotland fans are getting on his back. I know the England fans are very good, but it, I just feel like Southgate coming out in his post-match saying, you know, it's a joke, all this criticism. I, I kind of think you, you cause a bit of it by, by picking him, by picking mm. him to play. Yeah, yeah very much um, so. But yeah, as I say, I think a move for Maguire will be good in January, whether yeah. United kind of allow that. But United, he might actually get some games now, United, with the situation they have at the moment with ending the, the Arsenal game the other week with Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire at centre-backs. So I think, yeah, that's uh, and that's interesting. But I mean, you know, if he gets some games under his belt now, that might help his confidence, but we'll wait and see. But yeah, I do agree. I feel that sometimes Southgate doesn't, doesn't kind of help the situation. Uh, by obviously picking these players when maybe they're not in the best of form or or best of confidence. So, you know, hopefully we'll we'll see a change of that maybe in the lead up, rotating some players over the next few international win, uh, windows and see what happens in the lead up to the Euros. But yeah, we'll wait and see. You got your, you going to the Euros? I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. I wasn't there in, in Ukraine or uh, I wasn't there at, at the Scotland game just simply because you've now... The hype around England since the World Cup again has been huge. Uh, you know, the, the, I think they've they've got something like twenty five thousand members. Something it doesn't sound a lot, but for the amount of tickets we get, it's yeah. it's not it's not many. I mean, still doing very well. I get to, you know, I've been to Malta very recently and those kind of things as well. So I'm, I'm eyeing up going out to Macedonia as well. So yeah, I'll be I'll be out I'll be out at the uh, at the Euros in Germany. Just deciding what to do at the moment. So yeah. Keep an eye out for well, the flag. I'll be there. Good stuff, mate. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have something to shout about come come next summer. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Anyway, we'll get off to we'll get onto some questions from the GPG. We kind of already answered stuff about Collins or me. I did I did kind of want to point out that originally Ben Me came in as a kind of squad player, didn't he? I, I you know he came in as one of those experienced players, someone similar to Zanka. Um, I, it, it is difficult because it's like we touched on earlier. He's been so good for us, especially last season. He was, you know, our best player bar Ivan Tony and uh, Matthias Jensen maybe. But it's hard to judge Collins just after a few games. But it was just I just felt it was really harsh to drop him uh, for that Bournemouth game, especially. What against Newcastle? Are we starting Collins or are we starting me? We're, we're going to get on some chat about Newcastle later on. Someone on Twitter stuck a, a full lineup in there, so we can we can do mm, some lineups yeah. later on. But what who are you going for? I think I. Personally, I think he he probably should go with Collins. Um, <clears throat> I think you know Newcastle 
Newcastle is a very difficult ground to go to. I, 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 I'm going off topic here slightly, but I feel that it's going to be quite a difficult game for us at Newcastle. Obviously, it's Thomas Frank mentioned last season that Brentford don't necessarily like going to these grounds where there's this extra atmosphere. They mm-hmm. struggle. We saw that at Leeds last year. We saw it at Newcastle. So it'll be interesting to see how they set up. They might even change how they set up at the back. I don't know. I think it's going to be one of these games where I think we might we might only just go and get another draw. I don't know. I mean, walk away with a nil-nil draw. I'll take that from Saturday. I'll take that from Saturday. Absolutely. But yeah. I think there's going to be a change how we set up. But if he keeps it the same, I I, I would personally like to see Collins come in. I think Ben Mee really, I think he really struggled as as did most of the team last year at, at, at Newcastle. So, you know, I'd love to see Collins come in and, and keep on impressing like he's done so far. You know, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't come in and do a job. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, we've got N5022, N122 asking uh, about whether we view these current the current games as uh, two wins, two losses, or one win and three draws. I'm assuming it means how do we view sort of the Bournemouth and Palace games? Are you, are you seeing it as two points dropped against them as opposed to two points gained? Um, I would say I, I think say there's two points. Two points. I would say the other way. Around. I'd say oh, two really? points dropped against Palace. Actually, surprisingly, now I actually think Bournemouth when we played them. Yes, we had a lot of opportunities there to put the game to bed. I actually think that was one of the best Bournemouth teams that we've seen yeah. against us for a very long time. I remember Gary O'Neill last year against us on that Sky game, the late kickoff, and he he set up to frustrate us. He set up to waste. You know, time waste. Everything, you know, everything was going against us, and of course, we did get the win. But Bournemouth actually put a very good game to us. I know we missed those opportunities, and you know, we should have won realistically. But I actually feel the Palace game is something where I think we dropped two points. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that is where I would look at how we could have done things better. I think Bournemouth was a was a hard a harder game out the two. I feel actually, um, they they were much better. I actually think they were much better set up than Palace. Controversially, I think they they look good going forward. Not necessarily as good at the back. Um, you know, touched upon Solanke earlier as well. So I actually think two points dropped against Palace and a fair point against Bournemouth. Yeah, I do, I do feel a little bit sorry for Bournemouth because I've watched a lot of their games. Well, I've watched all of their games and their highlights and stuff, and they actually haven't played too bad in any mm. of their games. And with some of the players, like I didn't realize I, I, Ryan Christie against us was was really good. I thought, and I've mm. never seen him play that well. They've got Semenyo as well. Obviously, Philip Billing. I think is a really good player. I'm not sure how he hasn't been poached by by a mid-table or top six. Well, maybe not top six, maybe that's a stretch. Um, obviously, mm. Solanke as well. I think they do have a lot of good attackers, but what lets them down is their, is their back line. Mm. Uh, we'll go on to the next question from Shepparton B. Can Pinnock and me play together in a 4-3-3 if we want to play out from the back? It is difficult because we did kind of do that the whole of last season and it wasn't too much of a problem. Um what do you think? It, it, the football purist in me thinks um, two left left sided centre halves is a bit is a bit dodgy, and sometimes mm. Pinnock can Pinnock can get a bit flustered. Sometimes Mee's a little bit calmer on the ball, mm. but uh, it's, it, I guess we kind of answered the question by saying if we're going to go in a four, which I don't think we will for Newcastle, I'd mm. much rather have a Collins on that on that right hand side just to yeah, get a bit more a bit so. more stability. Mm. Very much so. I don't think personally it it, it would work. Um, Others may say differently. I mean, feel free to comment and say otherwise. I'm sure, sure some will. But I feel, I feel, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's good to have Collins in there and and have Pinnock next to him. I, I don't think necessarily it would work. Um, but you never know. He might try. He might, he might trial it out 
this this weekend. Who knows, really? Uh, we'll wait and see. But no, I, I, don't, think so. I don't think so. We've got we've got a couple of more questions on lineups um, for Newcastle. But we'll get onto that when we start talking about the game. Um, Dan B on Twitter asking why we're so unimaginative with our songs. And why, the, why is the West Ham the only place where noise comes from on match days? I was going to post this question to Niall because I know he's got very strong thoughts about the atmosphere mm. at the GTEC on, on weekends. But mm. go on, give it, why, why are we so unimaginative with our songs? Good question. That is a good question. <laughs> I think we just need people to kind of uh, maybe join in in some ways. To be honest, I know you touch upon the atmosphere there sometimes. I mean, I actually thought it was very good against Bournemouth. I thought the atmosphere was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um we need some people to maybe come up with some new songs if you've known any, then crack on, let us know. Um, but uh, we need, yeah, you know, you've got the North Stand like to join in sometimes. I wouldn't even bother with the East Stand because realistically, <laughs> well, they, they're probably not going to come back again, most of them anyway. So, uh, um, but but yeah, you know, we just we just yeah, we think of some new think of new new songs if it works out, crack on, we'll work on it, and then um, if not, it is what it is. But yeah, it's we'll wait. <laughs> I think uh, I'm not too. I don't have too much of a problem with the, with the most of the atmosphere being generated from the West Ham because obviously mm. when we moved from Griffin Park to the G Tech as it is as it's called now, mm. there was this whole thing about the West End Alliance. This is where the atmosphere is going to be generated. So I didn't I didn't really think it would be much different. And we kind of got that same kind of dynamic going on between what the Eden Road was and the Paddock was, and what the North uh, the West Stand is and what the North Stand is. If you see mm. what I mean, there's kind of two yeah. stands that kind of sing, whereas. The Bill Axby back in the day didn't really used to jump about. And also, we've got to take into account we're never going to get that kind of cohesion in the ground just because G- the GTEC is so much bigger. In Griffin Park, it was that tight little ground. Each Everyone can hear everyone. Whereas now, if, if there's a song starting at the top of the West Stand, which it normally comes from, I doubt people at the bottom of the South Stand are going to hear it near the UA fans. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a difficult one. Maybe, maybe I did see Dan B tweet uh, a song about Ethan Pinnock that we might try and get going against Newcastle on on Saturday. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we got that's BS asking if the big six will come knocking for Mbumo next after Tony Callum. What do you think? I, I can certainly see. It, I can certainly see it happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he continues on the form that he is at the moment, I, I don't see a reason why. Certainly, someone wouldn't come in possibly in January to have a look at him at least. Brentford are going to ask for some silly money realistically though, so it just comes down to the question of whether anyone wants to pay that kind of money for that player. Um, but I could actually see him going personally it, it, next summer. I think if he carries on this form, he has a good uh, African Cup of Nations. You know, He actually had some very good moments at the World Cup in Qatar as well. He's only going to grow... His, his value is only going to grow as a player. And, you know, I actually think people were going to seriously look at him. Top six, I don't see a reason why he couldn't fit into any of them. So, uh, yeah, I can certainly see see them looking at him sometime soon. I kind of I kind of want... I, I know that you're probably right, but I just quite... I don't know, with Mbuma, I feel like he has, like, cult hero kind of status if he stays at the club for for longer than, than the next summer or so. I think there's, there's something about the way he plays and the passion that you can see when he scores and when he plays well and how he reacts to the crowd... I really, I really want him to stay at Brentford for as long as possible. But I mean, when when the big six comes calling, as we know from past, from the past, there's not really much he can do. But like you said, if he if he carries on this fantastic form, he's only only second in FPL points to Erling Haaland. Yeah, I saw that the other true. day, which is which is crazy. Um, and he's really stepping up to that mantle. Like I, we've spoken about it on the podcast before about when the Tony news broke, it we, we were all kind of saying this is the season for Mbappe to step up. And so far, 
he's 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 surpassed expectations. I I really didn't think he'd come out of these first few games having the amount of goals and the amount of assists that he had. I know he's on pens as well, but you know he's still got scoring. And um, yeah, no, he's filled in for Tony so well. We've got a, a really good question from Richard McDougall. We kind of touched on it earlier. Is the signing of Morpay a confirmation of a permanent change in attacking style, with or without Ivan? I.e., few long balls to the number nine that we've been seeing so far this season. It is. It is a good point because we because without Tony, we don't have that kind of outlet when we're cooped up in our own third. Um, the the only thing is, is that I. It's, it's going to be really difficult to, to play a different way against the top six. And it, we're going to get an early indication of that when we play Newcastle on on Saturday. It was a bit different against Spurs because I feel like when we're at home and against one of the big six, it's, it's, it's got a different feel to it. But when we go away to one of the big six, it is a bit different. But we're, we're going to see it. But it is it is going to be strange not having that kind of outlet without Tony, um, especially when we go into these kinds of games. What do you think? Yeah, very much so. Very, very much so. I mean... I, you know, I feel, yeah, absolutely. I think we, we, are, we, are, we kind of go back to the old ways of, you know, I remember when we had like Watkins, Ben Rama yeah. and Buemo up front, it was a very pacey attack. Uh, you know, I feel we, we, we're going back there very much so within Buemo, Wisser, uh, Morpay's still got a bit of space, a bit of pace on him as well. So mm-hmm. we're going back to how we, you know, how we did things previously. And, it, and, it, and so far this season, I think similar, similar tactics as well. It has worked out very well. Um, but it's just the question of whether when Tony comes back in, what what they're going to do really? Um, who knows? Um, do we do we go back to that method again of what we were doing previously with Tony? Um, who knows? But we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see on that one. Well, um, we will chat a little bit about. Did you see the news about Harry Tofolo from uh, Nottingham Forest received yes, a, a ban yes. today? There's a bit of noise yes. about it. Um, I did a bit of research because I noticed in the FA spokesperson tweet that uh, he'd been charged for. Be- breaching betting rules E1, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I, I remembered from Tony's report that he was breaching, breaching betting rules E8. Uh, but I did a little bit of research and they, they sound exactly the same. So for the life of me, I cannot understand why Tofolo has, one, been given a suspended sentence till the end of the season, fined 24 grand or whatever it was, and he's only got a five-month ban. Whereas Tony was fined 50 grand, he's been banned until January, and that rolls back all the way to last May. And... <clears throat> Yeah, it, it seems it seems odd to me. I'm not maybe maybe it leans towards what Tony was saying. They wanted to make an example out of him, but with I don't really want to comment on it too much because there might be some specifics of the case that we haven't kind of taken into consideration. I know that mm. Tony did lie in his first interview, whereas if he was fully transparent, the severity of the sanction might have been decreased. But mm. it does it does seem odd. It does seem odd. I mean, certainly. I wouldn't probably go into it too much until I see the report, obviously, yeah. which um, they will have to release at some point in, in the near future, as they did with the Tony case. So I think that's probably when we'll then see what, you know, what there there is obviously some, some kind of difference. You may not be able to see that at the moment, but there's obviously mm-hmm. some difference there as to why, you know, one individual has got the band they have and one's got another. There must be something there. If there isn't, then there's obviously got to be some questions to be answered there. Yeah. But I suspect there's going to be something when they release this, you know, uh, this this spread of what what the discussion was. Um, there's got to be something in there that that indicates the reason why he's got this particular ban. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, it's uh, I do feel for Tony though. Obviously, he's probably he's probably wondering his head right now what why he's got what he's got, and obviously another player's got what he's got. But we'll just have to wait and see, and then address the issue if it's not, you know. If it, 
Yeah, we got we got uh, one one last question from from Twitter. Kenzema asking something similar about sort of uh, lineups for Newcastle. But we'll get this one out of the way before we get into proper lineups. More pay to start over Wissa. What do you think? I mean, Wissa played well against Bournemouth. I thought obviously had that chance where it kind of turns the defender inside out. To be fair, he does all the hard work and then just got your shot against the post. Mm. Um, it's the, I, I don't think More is going to start. Uh, I can't. I can't see a world where he starts against against Newcastle in his first game. It'd be a massive game to come into, and Wissa has largely been quite good this season. Very much so. Very much so. Um, I, I don't think you can drop Wissa. To be honest with you, I mean, more pay. I think it's going to take a bit of time for him to come in and gel. And he's in a. You know, he as he said in his interview, he does know some players, but this team is mm-hmm. is, is very much a different team to yeah. what he played in when he was last with us. So. Give him some time to gel. I would love to see him get involved at some point. I think he, if we're chasing the game against Newcastle, I feel he's you know, obviously he's a, he's a key player to bring on, and hopefully something you know he can maybe go and get a goal or something like that. But uh, no, start Wissa, bring on more pay should we require him at some point, and then see what goes from there. But I don't think we'll see more pay start if if that is up for discussion for at least a few weeks. Um, I would like to see uh, more pay. I'm interested to see if he's cup tied. I don't. He, where is she? I think he got on the pitch against um, Doncaster mm-hmm. in the League Cup, so that would mean he's cup tied against Arsenal. Otherwise, I would have said play him, play yeah, him against yeah. Arsenal. But um, in the league, give him a few weeks and see see what goes on. Yeah, we'll we'll go on to. Uh, we got a question from Paul Hover asking if we'd line up in a three five two against Newcastle. Um, I will just get his lineup out now. It, it is difficult because we are going away to one of the well one of the big seven now Newcastle haven't had the best start to the season but the way he lined up was Flecken in a in a back five of Ayer, Collins, Pinnock, Henry and Hickey and then a midfield three of Jensen, Norgard, Janelt and Mbumo and Sharda up top to be honest I would say that's pretty spot on the only thing I would admit and this might be this might be me being a bit optimistic especially with like I just said we're going away to one of the bigger teams in the league the only thing I might change is Turn it into a fourth, fourth, three, four, three. Take Yana out and add in Wisser up top and make it a three-pronged attack like we like we normally have. Um, that's the only obvious thing that jumps out at me. What, are you going? To, I think a five is definitely a stalwart. Mm. Yeah, what do you no, absolutely. I, I personally feel that it's a good team. That I must say, actually, um, it's just the question again of whether you know, we feel that is a team that that will go and get us at least a point at, at Newcastle. I think they could, but it's changing that formation that, you know, has worked mm-hmm. pretty well for us in the first few games of the season. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily panic and suddenly change the team. Um, I, I feel we got, we've got to go into it with no fear, like we did against City, you know, and then we can then look to go and get three points like we did there at the Etihad last season. So, I personally wouldn't play that team, but Thomas Frank may decide otherwise. It is a difficult place to go and play football. We know that. Yeah, you know, the fans are going to be behind the team, um, so it's going to be a hard place to go and play. But they're under a lot of pressure at the moment. Yeah, they're under a lot of pressure, and they've also got a big Champions League game coming up. They're first in a long, long time, so their minds might be on that. Which this might be a very good time to play Newcastle. So they've only won once this season. And they've got a big Champions League game coming up as well. So it's a very good time to play Newcastle. And, you know, I, I hopefully we can go there and do the job. It's about time we go and win there. So, um, you know, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. 
Yeah, we absolutely trounced there last season. I was I was just about to say Newcastle away is is one of the best aways, if not the best away day in the league. Uh, but last year was just so shit on every level, oh, don't, just because don't. of just because of the performance and being three nil down, three uh, one down, or whatever it was after. Well, we, uh, it no, was, we went. It was bonkers. We were two. We were two nil down. Then yeah. Tony. Tony then had a, scored a penalty. Uh, then it just fell apart after that. They went down the other end practically mm-hmm. straight away as we had brought on some players. Yeah. We were obviously chasing that equaliser and they caught us on the counter and, and, and scored. Um, and then obviously it just fell apart in the last 10 minutes. You know, That was my birthday weekend, actually. So, Brent, <laughs> thanks very much for that birthday gift. But I must say, anyone, I obviously I'm going up. I think you mentioned as well, Mike, yeah. you're going up as well, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Fair play to any Brentford fan that is actually going to that game. Um, you know, we've been completely screwed over by by Sky Sports on this one. I said straight away when it came out, you know, this game's gonna this game is gonna get moved. UEFA are gonna put this on a Tuesday. And you know, to give the fans thirteen days notice to put in these plans, fantastic from any supporter that's going, anyone that's going up on the club coach and getting home at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, great support. Anyone who's on the nine ten flight back to Heathrow, I look forward to seeing you on there after three points. So you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see you there. I think uh, it's definitely one of the, you. T- it is it is very easy to get kind of overrun in one of these places. Like you said, the fans are going to be bang on it. They've just had two weeks off. They've only won once all season. It's very easy to get overrun. But I also think when you go to these kind of places, it's a free hit. We're, we're only Brentford. Right. You know what I mean? We, we, these yeah. aren't the kind of we're not we're not looking to beat teams like Newcastle away from home. If we want to achieve what we want to achieve, we need to pick up the points. We need to, to be honest, we need to pick up the points when we play Palace at home, when we play Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Uh, so it is kind of a free hit. I just think go out there, obviously start with a five just for a bit of defensive solidity. But if it looks like we're going one way, I switch to a four and just fucking go for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's 3,000 Brentford fans up in Newcastle. We'll all be on the piss. It'll, it'll be great. I, I love I love Newcastle away. It's, it's it's such a great day. Such a great weekend. Are you weekend. going up, Mike? Are you going up for the weekend or? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going up on good going man. up on the. I'm going no. I'm going up on the Saturday, but I'm staying the night. Uh, which Red which flag. we always do. It's, that's why I enjoy Newcastle because it's like you go out whenever the whenever the game is. You see loads of Brentford fans on the night out before because they've all come up the day before <laughs> to do the full yeah. weekend. Yeah, I and, respect that. And even that. the Newcastle fans, it's different. It's different to a normal away game because you go up there, and everyone's just so <laughs> they're all so pissed up before the game that there's there's all just there's no fights, there's no nothing. You'd get into a conversation with them. They, they're very they happy give... to have a conversation. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're very they're very good supporters, and you know every time we go up there, you know I always have a very good conversation with their supporters. Mm-hmm. They are they are you know they're very loyal supporters. They've been through a lot, so you know I think I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a good game. I'm looking forward to it, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, early start on 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 Saturday, so uh, up on the up on the train. So yeah, looking forward looking forward to it. So uh, fingers crossed, we get the three points at least a point. I'll take a point, um, and then kick on from there. So yeah, we'll see you all there. Perfect. I think that'll be a good place to wrap it up. The Eden Road Podcast will be back next week to hopefully discuss those three points that you just mentioned in the northeast. And also look ahead to Everton at home next weekend. Remember, guys, just before we leave things, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, please share it around with your mates. Leave a like rating on our Spotify and YouTube channels and also give us a follow on our socials. It's at the Eden Road on Twitter and at Eden Road Pod on Instagram. Cheers, guys. See you next week.
Social Podcast Network.